It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. All right, welcome to the program. What's going on? Thanks for listening. Hey, we're all wearing masks. We all have to wear masks now and... I can't. We'll have to wear masks now in Buncombe County. <coughs> well, actually, it's a little premature. I was just kind of getting warmed up. Just because our county commissioners yesterday, they decided to impose mandatory face mask wearing at all public-facing places. So I guess if your, uh, if your establishment, you know, if the front door is sort of facing the parking lot or some woods, then I guess you're going to be okay. I think that's the... No, I'm kidding. It's commercial facilities if you have customers coming in then that is uh this requirement is going to fall upon you to enforce uh but if uh, somebody comes in and they're not wearing a face mask it's not going to matter because uh you can tell them uh that the county has an ordinance but the county says it's not going to enforce it so i'm not really clear yeah we're going to get into it i've got all of the audio uh welcome to the show the show is made possible by the way by folks like bob Jim and Robbie, Pamela, Sarah and Barry, and Kim, and Daryl, EZ, Marlin, and Trudy. Thank you all for your support. They became patrons. You can, too, just by going over to thepetecalendarshow.com, and uh, you can click on the link up at the top right to become a patron of the program to support the show. I appreciate that. Also, Mattress Man stores here in the Asheville area for locations. Um Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They do ship nationwide, and if you buy local and have it locally delivered, it is free white glove delivery service, five-star delivery service. They've got the big Memorial Day sale going on right now, and uh, you can get a free adjustable base with the purchase of select mattresses. You can get a free box spring with the purchase of a Biltmore mattress. These are mattresses that the Vanderbilt slept on in the Biltmore. No, I'm just kidding. This is the Restonic Biltmore Collection. These are fantastic mattresses made in Fayetteville, made in North Carolina, uh, and uh, you can get a free box spring when you buy one of these mattresses. They have all of the mattresses at Mattress Man. Go check it out, mattressmanstores.com. You can see all of their inventory uh, on their website, uh, but they are uh, oh, they are going to be open, you know, with the new uh, Phase 2 Shio. They're, they were doing in-store appointments. They're taking all the precautions. They're uh, doing, you know, sanitizing of the registers and the card readers. They're doing uh, single-use pillowcases for people. So they're, they're taking the safety measures necessary to make you uh, feel comfortable when you go in there. And you can get a great deal on a mattress. It's where Christy and I got our mattress years ago. We have a memory foam mattress from them. And uh, you can get pillow top, inner spring mattresses, natural latex mattresses, uh, the adjustable bases. As I mentioned, you can get one for free when you buy a select mattress. So go check them out at mattressmanstores.com, mattressmanstores.com, and experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. All righty. So uh, one of the things I've, I've tried to make a point to... Uh, emphasize this. Whenever we talk about the North Carolina governor's executive order, the stay home executive order, or now it's called the, or yeah, today will be called the uh, safer at home uh, orders. So still the Shios, the governor's orders are a floor of restrictions. Counties can add onto the governor's orders. Right. But that's the that's the minimum. So he's doing these uh, uh, these orders, but allowing counties to add more. And some have Durham County is very restrictive. And in fact, that's what our Asheville, uh, sorry, our Buncombe County commissioners. uh, That's what they were looking at. The Durham order, uh, which is really restrictive. I don't think they're letting restaurants open until June 1st or something. So uh, our county commissioners who are. Um, on the Democrat side, they're all you know leftists, and so they're looking at Durham, which is run by leftists, and they're saying we want to do what Durham is doing. Um, meanwhile, uh, you've got a couple of uh, you got three Republicans on the commission, and uh, they're not so on board with all of the things that the Democratic majority wants to do. And so yesterday there was this county commission meeting. It was a special session, and 
they were discussing the executive order, and what was recommended by staff was that uh, they include in their updated order, the local order, as the governor moves us to phase two, the counties are following suit, and they recommended, staff recommended, that they uh, mandate masks be required in any public-facing business, retail, restaurants, right, that the businesses, the in other words, employees, they wanted to, what staff was recommending was to say, have your businesses required to have their staff wear the masks, okay? That was not enough. The AIR group, you know what AIR is, the Asheville Independent Restaurants, right? They have apparently been lobbying the Democratic commissioners to go even further. They want the mandate to cover members of the public, customers who walk in as well. And that is exactly what the Democratic County Commissioners did last night by a four to three vote. So Jasmine Beach Ferrara, one of the commissioners, said uh, this is what Durham did. And uh, they they mandate that you got to wear the mask at all of these places. This is not count, by the way, uh, outdoors. So you you walk out of a place, you could take the mask off, which, by the way, um, and one of the county commissioners, Penland, uh, made reference to this. You're not supposed to, when you take the mask off, right, you're not supposed to touch the front of it. You're not supposed to touch the mask at all. If you touch the mask, then it's all for nothing because you're breathing through it, like especially these cloth masks, you're breathing through it. And if you touch the mask, now it's on your hands and now you're going to spread it. So there's no, yeah, so now you're contact spreading versus respiration spreading. So, uh so in order to take the masks off, you're supposed to you know, only take, uh, touch the straps or the, you know, the ear hooks or whatever. You're supposed to take that off, and then you throw it in the wash, and you got to wash it. And you're supposed to do that, like, every day. Did you know that? Yeah, some people have never washed. I've not washed my mask. Of course, I don't really go out a lot. I'm, I'm observing the Shio. Um, well, plus, I, I'm sitting here watching hours a day worth of briefings from government officials, right? So anyway... Um, yeah, you're supposed to wash these masks regularly, like every day. You're supposed to have a bunch of them and all of this. So the independent restaurant group has been lobbying for this to be not just for employees, which, by the way, they can do already. You can do this already. Business owners, if you want to force customers to wear the masks, uh, you can do that. It's like shirt and shoes required. You can have whatever restriction you want. If you're demanding a dress code of cert, uh, of a certain type for people who come in, you can do that already, right? They can. And some businesses have. I said yesterday on the show that if a business has that restriction in place, I observe it. If I'm going to go in and I try to observe it, I try to wear the mask all around. And, and where if I'm out and about, I'm trying to wear the mask because, um, it, you know, even if there's a slight chance that it's going to help prevent the spread, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. It's really not that big a deal to me. Now, I understand there are some people that are like, you know, oh my gosh, I got respiratory problems. I can't breathe through the mask or whatever. Fine. Like, I, it's, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, beat you up and say you got to wear the mask. Again, I'm a libertarian, right? But I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear the mask. Because if it means that uh, it cuts down the risk that I spread it to somebody and kill them, I'm going to take, I'll, I will do that because it's really not that big a deal to me. It isn't. Now, I understand the principle of the thing. How dare you tell me that I have to wear this mask, right? I understand that argument. I do. Um, and I have real concerns about government overreach in times of pandemic. Absolutely. But times of pandemic, health crises like this with communicable diseases is basically the only carve out that you'll find libertarians uh, acquiesce to. Generally speaking, generally speaking, like this is one of the things where it's kind of like, yeah, if you've got a disease that's ripping through society, killing, you know, millions of people or whatever it may be, um, that, yes, yeah, some restrictions then have to be put in place in order to stop the spread, because if everybody dies, then there's no society left. Right? <laughs> so on the masks, I wear a mask. I try to remember to wear a mask. I do. I try to remember to wear a mask anytime I go out. And Christy and I, we went out the other day. We went walking and we stopped by a place and we realized, oh, we don't have our masks with us because we weren't planning to stop anywhere. We were just walking around. And so we don't wear a mask when we go on our walks, right? You don't have to wear a mask when you're going on your walks. 
But if you're going into a restaurant, you know, Friday or Saturday, probably, yeah, if you're going to be hanging around waiting for a table, probably should wear a mask. We went down our apartment complex. They brought in some food truck a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, they, they, they set this thing up where you were supposed to call ahead, put your order in so you can come in, just pick it up. So we went down to pick up our order. And lo and behold, you know, half of the complex is down there hanging out, uh, placing their orders at the food truck. And nobody's wearing masks. Christy and I were. And like now we're the minority. <laughs> but they all looked at us like, why are you wearing a mask out here? Because I don't know, there's like 60 people. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, for the most part, people were socially distancing and all of that. But uh, you can't be you can't be 100 percent on that stuff all the time. Right. Because when we went up to the truck, the woman who's in the truck, she's looking at us and talking to us and she has a mask, but she's got it pulled down under her chin. So. Yeah, like this is what I mean. We can we can help mitigate the risks, and if wearing the mask is going to do that, then okay, I'll help do that. I'll do my part, you know, because it really doesn't matter to me. I it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. It's not uncomfortable for me. I don't uh, see it as a hassle. And even even me, like I wear glasses, and this is an issue for people who wear glasses. You put these masks on, and you breathe, and it fogs up your glasses, right? So no, I don't wear it. You don't wear them when you drive either, like. Don't wear, you don't need to wear them in the car when you're driving. Like the whole point is if you're going into a place with other people, throw the mask on, get your order, leave, right? Like that's, that, 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 that that's my view of it. But what the county commissioners have decided to do is uh, mandate this for now, everybody going into a, into all businesses. And I'm a little unclear. Well, I'm not. I actually have a pretty good idea about why this is occurring. But uh, let's walk through. I've got the audio clips here. So I, I watched the meeting, and then I went back and listened to it again as I edited the tape. So now this will be my third run-through on this meeting. So I did this for you, so you don't have to, okay? Brownie Newman is the chairman um, of the county commission. And uh, he's the one who made the motion, but all the Democrats were on board with this. And Jasmine Beach Ferrara said she doesn't even want to move into phase two. So remember, there is there is a population, and I have uh, data on this as well, uh, statewide. There is a population that does not even want to move into phase two. In fact, hang on a second. Let me, let me jump to that. This is the uh, Carolina Partnership for Reform. They put out a uh, results of a poll, and uh, I'll circle back around to it. But uh, there was, yeah, uh, here it is. North Carolinians are divided on some of the specifics of Governor Cooper's orders. 47% of respondents believe that we cannot stay locked down forever, and it's time to start taking some risks and easing restrictions to avoid a deep recession. 47%. 49% say it's too soon and too risky to start reopening now. 49%. Say don't start reopening. 37% think it is safe for North Carolina to fully be reopened in May. 32% believe it will be safe to fully reopen later in the summer. 15% believe it won't be safe until fall or maybe even next year. I got news for you, folks. It's never going to be safe. It's never going to be safe. Until they come up with a vaccine or a cure for COVID-19, it's not going to be safe. I think there's a lot of people who are in denial about this. I really do. On both sides. This is, I see a lot of it manifested in the anti-mask movement, if you will, the anti-maskers, right? Um, That there's a denial about how the virus spreads. It's a respiratory virus. And your lung fluid, your lung juice, your exhalations, <laughs> right? That's how it is spread. And the it and so yes, like just because it's a Democrat telling you this at the state level doesn't make it not true. I know I hear myself as I'm saying that, but it's for real. Like sitting down in a place with a bunch of people, hanging out, talking, laughing, uh, being in close proximity to each other, you breathe in each other's lung juices. Right? I know it's kind of gross when you. <laughs> I got all this all this time I've been breathing in other people's exhaled CO2. Ugh. Man, it's like when I first found out how many spiders people swallow in a given year when the, during their in, in their sleep that the spiders yeah, okay, I'll just stop now. So, finally 34 uh sorry, 32% of respondents claim to know somebody in North Carolina infected with the coronavirus. 
while twice that number, so like two-thirds of uh, North Carolinians, know somebody who's lost their job or otherwise been impacted by the shutdown. Right. So why, why are these stats important? Because on the county commission, it is representative of us, right? On the county commission, you have, we have uh, a significant portion of our elected officials who do not believe we should be moving into phase two, yet they're in charge of moving us into phase two. Jasmine Beach Ferrara is one of them. Uh, Brownie Newman is another. He says he he wrestled with this. He says he doesn't want this to be long term. Uh, he says it makes him uneasy to mandate attire in public. He doesn't like this idea, but he says widespread masks work to suppress the spread. And we have a large tourist population that's going to be bringing it into our community. And that, that part's true. Like, yeah, you're going to have people that are showing up into Buncombe County and uh, they're coming from all these other places around the state or neighboring states. And, um, yeah, a lot of visitors bring with them whatever outbreaks they're going to be having. So, yes, if you're in some rural area and you're not a place that people ever go visit, chances are you're not going to have exposure to COVID-19. The, the risks are lower. Um, Newman was asked by Commissioner Anthony Penland, what the penalty is for non-compliance on this. So what's the penalty? So you're going to mandate this rule. What's the penalty if um, if I go into a restaurant or someplace and I don't wear a mask? I think the question is whether for commercial indoor environments um, where people have to go work because they do have to feed their family, it's not really a choice. Are we going to protect those people from people who are coming in that store who don't don't know I mean, they, nobody wants to do anything wrong but a lot of people who have this disease just don't know it and they're going to be interacting there and if most of them or all of them have masks i think the data is pretty clear the chance of that worker or a bunch of workers getting sick is much lower so it's it's for indoor commercial environments not what people do in their homes not people people doing stuff outside in terms of the question about enforcement it's a really legitimate question i think um from what I've researched, because a lot of different states around the country, whole states are doing this. Uh, Colorado's been doing it for a while. Um, New Mexico's doing it. A bunch of states are doing this statewide. And then a bunch of cities and counties are doing it individually. And I think the, the general consensus is that, no, nobody's going to get arrested for not wearing a mask, right? The police, Asheville Police Department, Buncombe County Sheriff's Department, they've got bigger challenges that they need to be focused on than whether somebody's not following the mask policy, right? So I think we should acknowledge, if we, if we do this, that it's not going to be, for, for individuals, this is not going to be a police-enforced policy. So what's the point of making the rule? Uh, this is one of the things that has intrigued me about progressives over the last few years. And the first time I became aware of this approach to governing was the city of Charlotte and their passage of that local ordinance about the transgender bathroom access, remember, which then prompted the state to pass HB2. But remember that local ordinance at the time, they said specifically the city attorney was telling the city council at that time uh, when asked, said they will not enforce it. So they're going to pass this ordinance, and then they're not going to enforce it. And that is not how you do law. That's not, no, you don't write laws that you don't enforce. This is, it, it goes back to, um, this. well, the same thing was, uh, remember Eric Gardner, the guy who died uh, in New York City, he was a police, uh, you know, police brutality uh, flashpoint case uh, because he was out on the street corner selling loose cigarettes, right? Well, why was that? Uh, why did that prompt an interaction with law enforcement? Well, because you know, that had been banned, right? Lawmakers said you can't sell a single cigarette outside of a pack. You can't sell that on the sidewalk. Lucy's or looses, right? You can't sell that. And he was. And so that prompted this interaction with law enforcement and he ended up dying. And everybody's like, I can't believe the cops would, you know, go after him for this. Well, then get rid of the law. See, again, libertarian. If you're not going to enforce the law, then don't pass it. But so this gets to the point of why did they actually, 
do this law. And there are a couple reasons, I suspect. Number one, they're getting pressure from businesses that want to blame shift away from themselves and onto the county when it comes to interactions with customers. That's my first inclination, right? The first inclination is uh, that you got these restaurant owners that have come in and uh, they're lobbying county commissioners because they want to be able to tell the customers with that walk in the door, put on a mask. But the customer can say, you can't make me. And the business owner then doesn't want to have uh, the authority to say, uh, if you don't put on a mask, then you need to leave, right? They don't want that responsibility. They want to be able to tell the customer they have to wear a mask, but they don't want to suffer any ramifications if the customer refuses. Because think about what happens, right? You're running a business. I walk in. You say, Pete, put on a mask. And I say no. And you say, well, Pete, you're not. Then get out. You, we, we, we won't serve you anymore. So then what do I do? Right? I go onto Facebook. I start tweeting. I start yelping. And I start saying, hey, don't go there. These guys stink. And now you get negative reviews. And now I'll never come back. And your business is going to suffer. Right? So they don't want that. They don't want the ramifications of, the, uh, of their acts. So what they want is a higher authority. They want to blame shift to a higher authority so they could say, oh, you know, Pete, sorry, I would totally serve you, but the county requires you to wear a mask. It's totally not my call. Now, if I know the ordinance like I do, I'm going to say, yeah, but there's no enforcement provision in there. They say they're not going to enforce it, so I'm not going to put a mask on. So now they now the business owner can say, well, I have to remove you from the premises. I totally don't want to do this. It's it's the county ordinance, right? And then I go on to Yelp and I say, this business stinks because they kicked me out for not wearing a mask. Then the business can reply and say, well, the county ordinance says you have to wear a mask. And so, you know, it's totally not up to us, right? They want the ability to blame shift, okay? Um, the other um, uh, explanation is uh, it's a bunch of Grubers. There are a bunch of Grubers, there are restaurant owners that uh, do require people to wear masks, and they see other restaurants that don't require customers to wear masks. And so they went to the county commissioners and said, you need to make them do what we're doing. It's very similar to the smoking in bars issue. Remember that? Uh, a couple of years uh, now, probably what, 10, 15 years ago, when North Carolina outlawed smoking in bars. And there were some bars that were doing it already. Some bars were saying we're smoke free. Um, but the argument was always we need the state to come in and set a standard for everybody because the bars that are banning smoking, uh, they're suffering because smokers won't go to their bars. So the smokers will go to some other bars and they'll take their friends with them. And so they wanted uh, the power of the state to come in and say everybody has to play by the same rule. So this way we don't suffer any competitive disadvantage in the marketplace, right? That's That was their argument. And that's what, I mean, honestly, that's what GovCo does best, right? GovCo does this best. GovCo can come in and say, you have a competitive advantage. Uh, and so we don't want you to have that competitive advantage because these other people that have donated a lot of money to my campaign, uh, they uh, want to be able to compete on a, quote, even playing field, a level playing field. So I'm going to force everybody to uh, play by the same rules. So you now no longer have a competitive advantage. Right. So that's the other thing that's happening here, because if people are given the choice between a restaurant that requires me to wear a mask in between my bites of food versus a uh, restaurant that doesn't, uh, I suspect most people will pick the one that doesn't. Not to say there wouldn't be people who choose the mask restaurant, but I think most people uh, would prefer not to have to wear the mask at the table while they're in the restaurant. So now this opens up another series of questions about how does this get enforced at the restaurant level? Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice on how to be prepared for one? Are you looking for military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old-school traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He's going to hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time. It's American-made because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear, Old Grouch is on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. 
Also, this show is made possible by Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. Her phone number is 333-4483. Her website is mountainhomehunt.com. I have had good realtors. I've had experience with not-so-good ones. Rowena and her team... They're good ones. They're great ones, actually. They outsell 99% of the real estate agents in the entire state, okay? Call the only agent that I would call if I'm looking for a house or if I'm looking to sell my house. Call Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. And finally, the show is also made possible by Schaefer Smith. Have you seen the logo of the Pete Callender Show? He did that. If you're trying to set up your website, maybe you need a logo, call my friend Schaefer Smith at Schaefer Smith Design. He can help you with logos, graphics, photos, an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance, and security. He does this for professional services, corporations, small businesses, entrepreneurs. If you know now the importance of having a good functional website, Get in touch with Schaefer Smith. Make your site look professional, user-friendly for both your customers and you so you can uh, navigate it and fix it and adapt to whatever the market demands. SchaeferSmith.com. That's SchaeferSmith.com. So business owners already can make a requirement for patrons coming in that they have to wear a mask. And uh, then they can have somebody cited for trespassing, for not complying. Commissioner Al Whitesides, Buncombe County Commissioner Al Whitesides, says that restaurant owners called him asking for this rule and they want to be able to cite county ordinances to customers who are not masked. Amanda Edwards said owners asked her too for this to basically to, um, to prove that they care. Their employees want to go back to work. They need the money. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is... And yet they're scared to go back to work, that they're more than willing to wear the face coverings. But the conversations I've had is, please protect my employees so that they will come back to work and that I'm not having to hire and train new people. Please give the appearance that you care about the folks that are working in my business. And that really gave me pause that... I think this is the elephant in the room that we haven't said, and I may be opening a whole conversation that love it or hate it, and we're not going to debate that, we're, our economy is driven by tourism. And we talk about opening our occupancy to 50%. We talk about doing that in order. I can't talk with this on at the same time, which is a real problem. I'm sorry. Oh, so she takes the mask off <laughs> to finish her comments. But she said she was being solicited. She's being lobbied by uh, restaurant owners to pass this to protect their workers. Like, restaurant owner, you can protect your worker right now. You can do this thing that you say you need to be done, but you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it on your own. You don't want to have the confrontation. You don't want to have... Uh, you know, the responsibility of making that decision. You can tell customers they have to mask up in order to come in. You can do that. She continues. We know that in order to move our economy forward, we have to do these things. And we are going to rely on people from outside of Buncombe County in North Carolina to come visit Asheville. We have an opportunity as Buncombe County leaders to say, we want not only the tourists who are coming to propel our economy forward to be safe, but we recognize how important these employees in the tourism-driven economy are to Buncombe County, and we want to protect you. We talk over and over that the tourism industry pays low. We can debate that. We can talk about how those employees are treated in that industry we have again the chance to be leaders true leaders and say we care about you and we're going to make Buncombe County and Asheville a safe place for everyone the people who live here the people who are coming to visit and I think down the road we could look back on this and say Asheville and Buncombe County were leaders in reopening the tourism economy in a really safe way that was safe for everyone 
So with all that said, of course, I think that lends itself to where I fall on the mask wearing. I've been wearing my cute little chicken mask for weeks and months now, wherever I go. The one thing that I don't want to forget in the midst of all of this, as we are talking about masks, is we do have communities right here in Buncombe County who fall victim to racial profiling. And when you are required to wear a mask, that makes that oftentimes that racial profiling more common. And I want to acknowledge that. I want to be aware of that, particularly for our men and women of color in Buncombe County as we're asking them to do that. We talk about fear of masks. The fear for those folks putting them on is a very real fear. And we can't ignore that as part of our conversation. Okay, so uh, racial profiling, it's going to get worse because we're going to see black people wearing masks and oh my gosh a black person wearing a mask <laughs> okay uh th this is by the way when you guys have these sorts of uh conversations um i'm not sure you're aware of this but it makes a lot of folks roll their eyes and it makes a lot of folks when you start talking about you know we need to do this to show that we care and uh we're going to look back on this and everybody's going to love us that we did the right thing and we did it safely and we protected everybody when you talk like this a lot of folks um on the other side of the political spectrum, uh, we, we, we think you're blowing a lot of smoke. Okay. Just a heads up. You just, it, it sounds, it sounds school marmish. It sounds patronizing and condescending and arrogant and privileged. It does. That's the way it sounds to us. Just, just a heads up. Uh, and, oh, uh, here's more of it. This comes, this comes from the county health director, Dr. Jennifer Mullendore. We talk about like equity being very important in this community, but if you think about who are the employees, right? Like we need to protect the employees too. And so I, I get the whole like freedom, um, but I look at it as freedom from disease. Like I, the freedom of this community from COVID, right? That, that's my public health frame. And so it comes um, kind of from a point of privilege to be able to not have to wear a mask. Um, when we're telling our essential workers, um, who often are, you know, people of color or, you know, come from lower income, um, like you need to wear a mask and then anybody walking in the store. So I just, I just want to say that. I just got to get that off my chest. Um, and I also just want us to recognize, like, it is really hard. Like I've been in this since January mm -hmm. and I haven't had a lot of time to stop and like think. My kids start in kindergarten mm -hmm. this fall. I haven't had time to stop and really think what that's going to look like. But we have to stop and think what we knew in early January, that life we lived in 2019, that's not coming back right now, like for a while. So we are, this, when we say new normal, like this is real, right? Like we have, we can't, we are not ready. We can't return to that. And so like, this is a whole new world and we have to understand that this is going to take sacrifice, right? This is going to, we are going to have to give up a little bit of what we once knew and it's, I'm not happy about it. I, I mean, I, we're going through the stages of grief, right? But I think like we need, like the, the, this virus is our enemy. We should not be each other's enemy. This, we have to pull together. And we have to understand that to protect our community, right? To keep that case count from continuing to go up and up and up and to keep our fatality count from going up and up and up, it's gonna require all of us to sacrifice something, right? For, for when we look at our, when you look at our case count and you look at the racial breakdown, it is, there is significant disproportionality there, right? Because we are talking about individuals in our community that work these essential jobs that are out there taking care of people every day while other people get to stay at home, right? And they might live in large households because they can't afford to live in, in, you know, just with their their spouse or their children and how they. And so, like, I think we need to keep those people in mind. Like, who? It's it's it is about me it's about my sons about my husband but it's about all of us and who is the most vulnerable in our community and i this is an opportunity i think for our community to step up and like really do what's right and i get it i it's the same thing i struggle against with um immunizations right mandating immunizations and having people you know the whole 
freedom to do what I think is best for myself and my family. But again, that has impact beyond just your family. And so I just had to get that out because that's been weighing on my shoulders for quite a long time. Commissioner Penlin said that it is not about wanting to protect employees or not protect employees. Uh, and it's, he said it's not about the masks. It's about government mandating masks and having a business owner saying that you're required to wear it as an employee and you're required to wear it as my customer. That's, I support wearing masks. If I can get a haircut this in the next two or three days, I'll wear three masks. <laughs> the issue is, is government mandating citizens to do something, whereas the business owner could go ahead and say, all my employees are going to have to wear them, and anyone who comes in here will have to wear them. That is the, that's my, I guess, my issue with the whole thing about the, the, the mask, is whether it's government mandate or business saying that you're going to have to do it. So. Jasmine Beach Ferrara said everybody is frightened about what's going to happen when we reopen. As we open our community back up, we're going to see more cases and more deaths. And that's what we have to sit with. That's just real. And then the question becomes, what steps can we take to do everything in our power to reduce the number of cases and reduce the number of deaths? I've heard a lot of conversation about people saying, well, it's not that bad, really. And there are examples of cases that are fairly mild. My best friend is an infectious disease doctor in North Carolina and is treating people with COVID right now, COVID-19. And we were in touch this week. And she said, the thing that is most terrifying about this as a medical professional is that we cannot medically predict who is going to survive and who's going to die. It doesn't make sense. She talked about treating a family where they were, they're seeing lots of family clusters, as you alluded to here. So they had siblings in their 30s admitted. One was going home, the other died, and they didn't know why. We have to understand the gravity of that. And I'll be honest, if we should all be wearing masks in here right now, I don't know why we're not. This is probably the sixth hour we've spent together this week. I love all of you. I truly love you. Whatever you think about me, I love you. I can't help it. But I don't know why we're not wearing masks. I have a chronic condition. I would rather not wear a mask. I've got to. My family can't afford for me to get sick. For every one of us, there's a story like that. It's really, really deeply personal. We're all scared. And there will be people for whom, if we do decide to move forward with requiring masks in our community, there will be people who are very upset about that. And I get that. Anytime government takes a new step into personal freedom, it's something we have to take very, very seriously. Um, And having weighed it and argued in my own mind and talked to a lot of people in the last week, it's one I feel comfortable supporting and one that I'll advocate for. Um, uh, And and wherever we land on this, it's one I'm gonna keep talking about because if we are determined to move into phase two, and again, I really wish we'd pump the brakes on that. Durham County's doing that. They have the highest case count in in the state. So they're in a different situation, but they are implementing a much more restrictive version of phase two. I wish we would take the time to take a closer look on that because of what our data is doing right now. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but if we're gonna move forward in the ways we're discussing, um, it feels not just like the most responsible thing, not just like the most compassionate and necessary thing, but it's the way to save lives moving forward. Commissioner Penland, you raised a question about the legality of this. I think it would be great to get a clear opinion on that. Just in a little bit of research, as, as Commissioner Chairman Newman alluded to, we do see other states doing this. Durham County has had an order like this in effect for several weeks, I believe. I'm not aware of any legal challenges. In Oklahoma, there's a city that rescinded theirs, but that was because people were threatening employees who were enforcing it. It wasn't a question of the legality of it. It was because community members were being asked to put masks on and were actually physically threatening people. So to me, what that speaks to is if our community gets on board with this, embraces this, it becomes the, no, the new normal that we all wear masks instead of you're in an environment and a lot of people aren't wearing masks in this room. So that's, we're not modeling how to move through this in a healthy way. And it's a personal choice right now. It's one that perplexes me, but that's a different story. All right. So Chairman Newman said if you had asked him a week ago what his position on all of this was, he would have been, quote, in a different place, whatever that means. But um, we're all just living into this, trying to learn as we go. 
some of the other decisions that have been made. I mean, there's some things that are in our control, and then other things are just, you know, courts make certain decisions on different issues. Things change. Some protections we had uh, a week ago we don't have anymore, and they greatly concern me. Um, this, is, this is a tool that's in the toolbox. So did you catch that reference there? It's a reference to that judge's ruling that the government has to treat religious uh, entities equally with businesses, okay? That's what he's referring to there. Uh, let, let's uh, pick it back up from there. This is a tool that's in the toolbox, right. and I think that are we ever going to get, you know, kind of universal wearing of masks? No, we're not. That's not, that's not going to happen. There's some people who are never going to put on a mask, and that's just the way the world works. And, um, um, but I do believe if we adopt a policy that in commercial settings, you know, public-facing commercial settings, we, we have a policy that people, people are need to wear masks. I do believe the rate of people wearing these will be higher than if we don't. And, um, and I think that that will make a difference in how this plays out in our community. So for those reasons, you know, I'm, I'm supportive of it. So this was an interesting point in the discussion because Newman said that he thinks people aren't complying uh, and that more will comply uh, if this ordinance is enacted. And I don't know about the first uh, point there when he says people are not complying with it. I, I don't know uh, true or not, what percentage, like what's the rate of compliance. I don't know what the first part of that is, whether that's true. Um, I do agree with the second part that when you mandate something by law, then you should expect more of that thing, right? When you mandate people wear masks, I anticipate more people are going to wear masks because it's the law. But I started to get the sense that some of this discussion was being had without real evidence or facts. And sure enough, about 15 minutes later, Joe Belcher, Commissioner Belcher, asked if um, this applies to churches. And Jasmine Beach Ferrar said no, because the federal ruling last week exempts religious facilities. And that's actually not true. The ruling said that the executive order was applied inequitably to churches. Right? You can you can have them suffer under the same burden of the same regulations, but not additional ones. You can't target them. You cannot burden churches more than the private sector. Um, but I don't see how requiring masks of all people in all places, uh, why that would raise the same constitutional concerns in this manner. Right? Because if you're saying everybody, when you're out in public, you all have to wear masks, that would not be uh, an additional burden uh, or a targeting of the religious entities, right? They, they would actually be on par with the uh, uh, secular businesses and, or, and, and gatherings and such, right? So I started to get the sense like you guys may not actually have all of the information and the data necessary to have an informed discussion about this. Like, like what kind of rates of compliance do we have for mask wearing when it's recommended? How, and then how much um, do we need? What kind of a rate do we need in order for this to be effective? By the way, I know the answer to that because I went and looked it up. You need basically a society needs universal masking at 80% adoption that flattens the curve significantly more than maintaining a strict lockdown. So if you, so here's a way, if you want to sell this thing to people, sell it like, um, if everybody's wearing masks, it's actually more effective than the lockdowns. So you can lift the lockdowns if everybody wears masks, right? That just, I mean, again, I know it sounds too obvious uh, to some extent. All right. So uh, there's more. Commissioner Robert Presley is a restaurant owner. He says it needs to be limited to just a requirement on employers uh, that they can force their employees to wear it, but businesses should be able to set their own rules. So I want this clear because it's affected me. Yep. We're going to make every customer that comes into our business wear a mask. To a restaurant, yes. Okay, let's take into consideration here, but we're not going to take legal action against them, right? No one's going to be arrested or fined by law enforcement again you know um that's we're expressing our intent yeah. not, i'm not the sheriff of buncombe right. county but i think we're just as elected officials sharing that that's our that's our view um so um, i will say the places that are done around this around the country that's almost uniformly yeah. what we see is that it's not a police enforcement um strategy in any way i want you to understand Asheville city and buncombe county is different it is I, I am scared for my employees. Absolutely, that this big burly guy comes in, 
and says he is not going to wear a mask in there, and I want service. You're putting my employees in danger, and I'm a small one. I'm talking about all these other, I mean, I want a friendly amendment. Please make it mandatory for the businesses to have that because don't put my people in danger. Please, please don't. You're saying for the employees but not the customers? For employees, not customers, no. please. I do not. My daughter works there. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you. Yep. I mean, I, 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 you got, I want y'all to think I mean, about this. you got to think through this. Really, really think about this, and we can change something. Let's see how this phase goes of making the employees do it first, and then we can look at it in a week or two. I tell you, you get out in Leicester, Sandy Mush, out in these rural areas at these feeding seeds, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm we're telling asking you. the danger's not going to be arresting someone for not having it it's going to be for someone getting something out of their car or someone coming in and taking retaliation i am asking let's think about this right so i suspect that the very scenario that presley is outlining there is why the restaurant owners went to county commissioners in the first place because they don't want to have that confrontation and they think that if they are able to cite a county ordinance that that will insulate them from the retribution presley is of a different opinion he doesn't think it's going to he doesn't think that the the big burly guy in sandy mush is going to say uh, oh well it's a county ordinance then i guess it's not your fault i won't you know beat you up Although it is interesting that Jasmine Beach Ferrara mentioned earlier that Oklahoma repealed its ordinance because precisely that was occurring, that that workers were getting uh, assaulted because people would not wear the masks, which I do not understand that mentality either. Like, I demand to have this hamburger so much I'm going to whip up on you because I don't want to wear a mask to get that hamburger. I don't understand why it's... Everybody's under pressure. Everybody's losing their minds uh, in all of this. I get it. All right. Ferrara says she sees very few people wearing masks. This points. This is another piece of evidence, and you'll hear it unfold here, that um, they're making these decisions based on anecdotal evidence, and that is not a good way to make any kind of a law. So, I've, all, all, all I will say is I have put a lot of thought into that very situation that you're describing, and it, it um, is probably the strongest argument against it. I'll acknowledge it. But, but what I also hear is that there are businesses who are very strongly intending to enforce this kind of policy, and many of them have let said... Them do it. Let, let them many, let let do me, it. Let me finish. Sorry. Many of them have expressed <coughs> to me that they believe they will be in a much better position to enforce this policy if it is the position of Buncombe County supporting it and requiring it versus it's, hey, my business has decided we don't like people like you. You know, that's kind of how they feel like they have to express it right now. It's just each business having to make this difficult. So look at the difficulty we're having here. We're making every business go through that exact same process. And and they feel like they will they will be able to better protect their employees and their customers by having the county adopt this position. But I acknowledge it will. It, I acknowledge what you're saying. And I share the concern. I just I think the, the other side of it is 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 frankly outweighs so, it. So, Mr. Chairman, please can may I ask what is what is the difference with a business owner who who says that. I will I will make my employees do it. I will make my customers do it, but it's better if you make me do it. Knowing knowing that we just said we wouldn't enforce it, but the business owner can enforce it through a trespass. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the business owner aspect telling us we want you to make us do it when they already have they already have because that they can tell people this is a, when people come in they don't have a mask they can say hey you need to wear a mask it's a county rule they can do that now no they don't it's not a county rule right now all the they can do that is, through is, the shoes and shirt thing they can do they, that if they yeah. cannot say it's a county rule it's not a county rule we also i i absolutely hear you commissioner presley it, it's a, it, that part of it is very very concerning it, it, on the other, it's i hear you i hear you it's very concerning and we have 
more than a month, two months now, of seeing what happens when people are not required to wear masks but strongly encouraged, which is that very few people wear masks. I mean, when you go out to Ingalls, when you go around town, when you go around the county, you see very, very, very few masks. And I oh, think I see a lot. I, 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 where I'm going, I see very few masks. And I think if, if, if strongly encouraging was working, then we'd see a significant number of people in our community wearing masks, and it's not, that tool is not working. Yeah. This, this is not a tool or decision to take lightly. And at the same time, we know that when people don't wear masks, it significantly increases the risks right. to people on both sides of that interaction. It, it, so that, that risk is present and ubiquitous. There's also many scenarios of businesses that might not pass this policy on their own, and the employees of those businesses that we have to think about. Um, so some businesses might be ready to opt into this tomorrow if, when, they, when they reopen, but there's many that would not, and that creates, there would be environments there where employees would um, be at a, a higher level of risk because mm -hmm. of that. So to me, that's one of the arguments for the universality of this. And I've also wrestled with it. This is not something yeah. that I um, thought we would need to use, um, but I, to me right now it feels like the right um, tool to put into the mix as we move into phase two. All right, so no criminal penalties, so they're going to, it's basically a recommendation, but they want to give business owners this uh, extra ammo, basically. Uh, well, the county says you have to do it. Um, and honestly, like if you are a business owner and you don't believe that masks make any bit of difference, and so you're not going to require it of your employees, and you're not going to require it of the customers uh, who come in the door, uh, and then you have an employee who's like, well, I don't feel safe. I believe they work. I don't want to have to deal with people that are coming in and breathing their lung juice all over me. So um, I I'm going to have to leave. Uh, can you fire me so I can get unemployment benefits? And the business owner is going to say no. So now what does the employee do? And I hear the, you know, the libertarian argument is, well, they should just quit then. Indeed. Where do they go get, find a job? They're not going to get unemployment insurance because they uh, they quit. And so where do they find work in a economy that is completely shut down, right? Or almost completely shut down. Where do they go to find work now? See, these are these are the difficult choices, Right, trade-offs. All of this stuff is about trade-offs. Ferrara uh, reiterated that she does not want penalties for people who violate the rules. I think it's important that we um, just are very clear about enforcement, um, and the way this seems to play out in other communities is that this provides a way for, say, someone working at a grocery store to say to a customer, "You need to put a mask on. You, you can't come in if you if you don't." Um, but to be clear that people would not be arrested if they're not wearing a mask and to get clear on whether citations would be issued in instance in any instances um, related to this. Um, my personal opinion would be that we should really not focus on, on the enforcement side of this. It should really be about just encouraging the behavior and creating a tool for staff in facilities to be able to encourage the use of masks um, and but that we should really shy away from anything that criminalizes uh, behavior around this unless it crosses some other criminal line. Yeah, and Brownie Newman concurs. In the county's policy, there will be language making it clear that individuals are not going to be prosecuted by law enforcement over this, but that we do feel strongly that businesses who take this order seriously and require everyone coming into their businesses, that we do strongly support them, and we will support those businesses in... Uh, their decision to to enforce this on their properties. So if you don't like wearing the masks and you think it is an affront to liberty, then you are not going to be penalized for wearing the ma uh, for not wearing the mask. So uh, maybe that's the whole point. It's to it's to pass the ordinance, make people feel good, and not have any teeth in it, so as to not anger people who don't want to wear the masks. All right. Well, have a great weekend. Happy Phase Two, everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.